0: Maggie and Perloff from Radio Row is sponsored by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. These low-carb rinds can get you through the daily grind. Look for them in the snack aisle at your local grocer. It is Maggie and Perloff live from Radio Row phoenix arizona yeah and we are so excited because today's gonna be amazing you can of course listen to us across the country on our amazing cbs sports radio affiliates we're also streaming live youtube.com cbs sports radio the chat is already up and running justin jefferson of the vikings is going to be here in just a little bit oh. we've got to start with the big news though yes so can we still call him a bus bus rider Kevin Durant joins yet another super team per long, big trade that went down basically overnight. How is it not a super team? Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, now all on the same team. But Durant has never had his own thing that's worked and been successful. He and Kyrie Irving tried to make it work in Brooklyn, but honestly, at the end, they weren't trying. They were both looking for the exits as quickly as they possibly could in what might go down as one of the biggest failed experiments in the NBA and now jumping ship to yet another super team. I
1: don't think this is a super team in the same way. This is not Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. This is not LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. DeAndre Ayton is not a super team caliber player, is he? And Chris Paul is ancient. Devin Booker is amazing. But to me, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, that's not Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. He's the bus driver here. There's None of those guys are bus drivers. I think Devin Booker on the court has some bus driver in him, but he is not. But he already made a finals
0: once without they
1: They did, but Devin Booker doesn't take the attention that KD does. This is KD's team. Immediately.
0: Okay, and is that necessarily a good thing? Because well, while everybody the- is crowning the Phoenix Suns, and this is so funny that this trade happened yeah. while we're in Phoenix, so mm. you know everyone here is really excited, even more so than they might have been. But people are a little quick here to crown the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant is still injured, by the way, is still not returning. He went out January mm. 8th with a knee, a knee sprain, still hasn't been back. Booker's just coming back. Right, Chris Paul, when's the last time he finished a season like on a high note where they're going into the playoffs and you're like, this is the healthiest Chris Paul's been.
1: Well, the finals trip.
0: Yeah, but then faded in the finals.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, we all know about his playoff struggles. That's why Kevin Durant feels different in this particular situation. Golden State, they'd already won a championship. So two. isn't that too? And they had Steph Curry.
0: Yeah. This, is, Sorry, this team it. is
1: nothing like that. And honestly, I don't even think it's as super teamy as the Nets. To your previous point about this being an unprecedented implosion, isn't this the NBA today? We see the same thing happen in Brooklyn with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Darren Williams. I
0: know, but those guys were past their prime. Yeah,
1: but nobody knew that at the time. Nobody said they're past their prime. Everyone said super team.
0: Well, yes, but it was like super team in name only. Because Garnett was old at that point, Pierce was old, and they they had won their title i don't think they were trying to put the same they didn't have the same hunger that they did you well, thought durant was going to have the hunger in brooklyn because it was a chance for well, him to win a title outside of the warriors
1: well you're going to look back on this team durant hard and irving the same way we did that team. nobody knew at the time that paul pierce and kevin garnett and darren williams were washed honestly darren williams was the biggest part of it he was young that no one knew he was terrible well
0: or that <laughs> he had, was injured also and then got paid and it all yeah went and he was
1: an important member of the actual redeem team he was yeah. a all-NBA player, and he fell apart. I, I think we're going to look back at KD, Kyrie, and James Harden and say, why do we call that a super team? James Harden can't win at a high level. Kyrie's an absolute mess. KD is a super team member. He's the only real super team member of that that trio to me.
0: Okay, and I think, like, we talk about KD's legacy a lot because yeah. he is such a special player, and the fact that you know Charles Barkley called him the bus rider, which I was alluding to before, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't do anything for him. So, like you join the suns now you join mid-season and you win the title okay you're still a mercenary now that's what you are you're a guy without a team like when kevin durant goes into the hall of fame what jersey is he wearing you know it's just he's now become thunder one of, really are you sure
1: uh, seven years there
0: but i mean is it about the years or is it about where he had the most success is he, he a warrior well is i he think, a net?
1: no he didn't win a title with the thunder but he put that franchise on the map so i think that that has value he made the oklahoma city thunder relevant that's big you know if we're not going to look back if he wins his title and judge it as harshly history i mean we as get Payton, we get peyton manning so much credit for that second you do that second super bowl ring yeah. and the truth is he was terrible okay, that year so we, we forget the details
0: no, no no here's the difference the indianapolis colts wanted to move on from peyton manning yeah the Brooklyn Nets didn't want to move on from Kevin Durant. They didn't, I don't even know until like very recently, they didn't want to move on from Kyrie Irving. Like, I, I well, think both that guys,
1: I don't know about. They, no, until like a year wo- and a
0: half ago. Oh, I mean, okay. like when he first got there, they I think that they were trying to do everything they possibly could, the Nets that is, to try to make this work. And it's like one thing about, listen, I'm all about player empowerment and it's been far mm-hmm. too long. The players really had a seat at the table and had a voice. But I think this was an abuse of power of what KD and Kyrie were doing in Brooklyn because. You came there because you thought the culture was good, and you know Kyrie grew up a Nets fan, or they want to be in New York, or whatever the right. reasons are, right? Then they come in and look what happens. Kenny Atkinson was the coach there, had him fired, right? right? A guy who's now the lead assistant for the Golden State Warriors, so obviously he's got a little talent. Um, you, you know, basically want DeAndre Jordan to come in and start taking minutes away from Jared Allen, who was like a rising star, who's now a really um, important role player for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You want James Harden to come, and right, Harden wanted to leave Houston. You move heaven and earth, picks, players, everything to get Harden in. Then Harden realizes he doesn't want to be there anymore. He jumps ship. Then Kyrie starts requesting a trade. Then KD starts. It's like guys, so what? they but, they came to yeah. that franchise, and the franchise basically got on one knee and said, "Whatever you want, I'll give you." And now look how they've left it. Like
1: right, but what, it's not their fault. It's the Nets took a gigantic risk. Rest- the Nets saw what happened in Boston with Kyrie Irving. They can't possibly claim they were surprised. Wait, so by you that. think the Nets and they, are to blame? Well yes, they brought in Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Of course they're to blame. What the heck do you think was gonna happen there?
0: What did Phoenix just do? Like you Phoenix
1: brought this... in KD. KD is does not belong with those two players.
0: No, but everyone's superstar chasing. Yes. You yeah but that, the Nets Yeah, the, Nets, took the Nets, a, Nets for wanting took, that they
1: took a swing but nobody's feeling sorry for the Nets. They took a ridiculous swing at getting Kyrie, Harden, and KD and it did not work. So they knew the risk. They had to know the risk with Kyrie.
0: Well, well, I don't know if they thought the risk was this big of a risk. Like, I, okay, well, then they're foolish. Well, with teammates and things like that, but Kyrie brought so much negative attention from outside. Yeah. Like, not basketball stuff. Let me you ask know? you
1: this question. Yeah. Is it a good day for the NBA that Kevin Durant is out of Brooklyn and in Phoenix? The NBA as a whole, not Brooklyn fans. The NBA, if okay. you're a fan of just the league.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I think it works both ways for the league. I think it is good when big players move around yeah. because it creates intrigue and new teams because the NBA is such an individual. Like they've marketed the stars over the teams. But if you are actually a fan of one of the teams who so now your superstar right. just asked out, then I bet today's a tough day.
1: Well, like- good thing a team that. Uh, the star left has no real fans, so that, <laughs> I mean, Brooklyn is I an mean, odd fan base, Maggie. You you know New York really well. It is a very it odd fan o- base. It's odd. It's not like he left Milwaukee or he left uh, a, the Sixers or Boston. Brooklyn is, is new to Brooklyn, and it has, a, I'm telling you, I live in Brooklyn. It has not catch hold. No, New York's a Knicks town.
0: New York's a Knicks town, even yeah. in
1: Brooklyn, the Knicks, so I'm not, I don't think there's a lot of really sad Nets fans out there. I mean, there might be some kids. It's unfair. But the truth is, as an NBA fan, it is good to get Katie out there. Because once Kyrie left, the Nets were not going to compete for her title. Now you have this new contender in the West instead of this jam-packed East. It's just going to make the playoffs so much more exciting.
0: 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. We do want you guys to be able to weigh in on what was the blockbuster trade from last night. And we're out here in Phoenix, so it happened around 11 o'clock local time. As Justin, I was like, you know, I'm going to get some sleep tonight. And then, boom, all of a sudden my phone basically uh-huh. started sizzling. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, right, KD just got traded. So is it better for the league overall? It creates some intrigue, but I don't love how this went down. I didn't love how it went down with James Harden. I didn't love when he wow. switched two teams yeah, basically that, in a that, calendar that's year.
1: so weird. I don't know how the Nets, uh, you know, they must have been so surprised on a guy who quit on the court James Harden if you didn't know what you're getting with James Harden then you're a foolish franchise
0: I know but it's like hard for me to say you know haha Nets you got what was coming to you when all you're trying to do is get stars which well, is exactly d- what the Mavs just did in trading for Kyrie Irving like the Mavs yeah, mis- do they know what they're in for and then the yeah. same thing with the Suns and the Suns are getting praised today because of the KD trade There's- but like what are you guys in for are you KD who's missed 115 games over the last three years
1: OK, but you have to admit, of that trio of KD, James Harden, and Kyrie, KD is the easy choice.
0: Well, of course, in terms of like, you know.
1: Drama spin, and talent. Yeah, I
0: mean, well drama and talent. I mean, listen, KD comes with his own stuff, but I think he, mm. he does, he is a little bit most about basketball uh, you know, also, out of those guys. Like, you're not going to see him, you know, like Harden is out at the club with whoever after games, you know, like that's Harden's yeah. thing. Kyrie's thing is you never know what's around the corner. KD doesn't have that kind of drama.
1: I just think basketball player wise, Kyrie Irving's brilliant on offense, but he's 6'1", plays no defense, and he doesn't really generate a lot of offense for those around him. KD is a unicorn. He's a seven-footer with one of the best jump shots in the history of the NBA. There's nobody else like KD. I think just KD is transcendent. And I'm thrilled because I, I think watching the Suns against a team like the Warriors in the playoffs, That's gonna be a gigantic rating. Who would not want to see KD and the Suns versus the Warriors? I'm sitting on the couch and watching every second of that.
0: No, it is gonna be fun. I just, I see KD and I think about his legacy and I think of, he's done a lot I don't say of damage, like yeah. like other guys have real things that you know go on that hurts their credibility and character. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about basketball-wise because he is that transcendent. Even at 34, with the knee problems that he's had and the games that he's missed, he's still transcendent. We still believe in his talent so much. And I, I don't know, I, I just see this guy as, man, you are this amazing player and now you've just been title-chasing, ring-chasing, And you get to another super team, and I'm not even sure this one's going to fully work. Because I don't know if everyone's going to be healthy at the end of the year.
1: No. Well, I think we're learning that super teams are not easy to actually execute the plan. It's just hard. And, you know, I think these teams taking a swing. They know there's a risk. So just remember that when it all falls apart, (laughs) they knew there was a risk, Maggie.
0: (laughs) Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. I'm curious how this is resonating, you know, throughout the country. Because if you're obviously in New York, you're a Nets fan, you feel pretty devastated today. I think. Yeah. Or oh, maybe I, it's I, like good riddance, get here. you know.
1: First of all, it all fell apart when Kyrie left. But no, there's no Brooklyn. They're so sick of this. They have to be. They sick have of it. to be sick I, of it. I all saw the, this, drama. the arena was empty, but they have yeah. to be sick of it.
0: You know, and considering you know they get. Uh, Mikkel Bridges, they get Cam Johnson, they get four first-round picks. Jay Crowder was involved in the trade, but he's already been flipped to the Milwaukee Bucks earlier today. And so, like, good job for the Nets, I would say, considering the position they were in. Okay, actually, let's get to our first phone call, shall we? Don't have the call screener up in front of us, so, Stu, you're going to give us Joe from Florida on the state of the NBA. What's up, Joe?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go on a little semi rent here, and I'm gonna keep it as clean as I can. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I talked to you guys last week too about that. They cut me off. Uh basically, you know, Kevin Durant was insulting a few weeks ago the lineup, if you remember. It might have been a month ago. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie doesn't go to work, and then he says, "Oh, I just I feel so disrespected." Yeah. LeBron so James is like, "Really? I I need some players." Like I play basketball. I'm old now, you know, I'm overweight. Whatever. Back in the day when you went to play ball, you played ball and you were one of the best players and you won. You didn't say, Well, I have to get all of the best players with me to play. Why can't Durant win without going to cling on to people? Why can't James do it? These guys are not it's a it's a it's a I don't know, cookie cutter, cupcakes, it's soft, it's not like it used to be. These aren't winners. These are losers. And the sad part is that you're never going to back me up because this is what you do for a living. But it is a disgusting platform, not to mention they get paid all of the money to behave the way they behave. It's never been grosser or more disgusting or more No, I know, weak. but
0: Joe, thank here's you. the thing. I understand. I think it is a turnoff and distasteful for a lot of people like yourself. And thank you so much for the phone call. But to Perloff's point, I think for casual viewers, the NBA just got more interesting today. I mean, the NBA might have made a little deal with the devil here and like, hey, we're going to market the stars so no one really cares about the teams anymore, right? And perhaps that comes back to bite them at some point, but I think if you ask the average person who's all these sports fans who are in front of us today, I think they'd say the NBA just got more interesting. But I get his point that it's distasteful.
1: I mean, I think it goes from one fiftieth as interesting as the NFL to one tenth as interesting as the NFL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the NFL, I think that but I think not that, even get close That's to the important. NFL. They need something. They need something and you know that's true. This is this is definitely in league office are like, okay, good. I mean because Brooklyn was not winning the title.
0: I don't think they were beating the Celtics. Eight five five two one two four 4 CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 4227. Okay, we are live here from Radio Row. Thank you to the Weedos in the chat today. I gotta tell you it's Thursday. They're still going strong. Like, they get stronger as the week goes on. Love it. We're not even at the peak of their powers yet. See you guys in the chat. Absolutely loving it. We've got a stacked show for you today, including wide receiver, all pro from the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, later on in this hour. Coming up next, great friend of the show and someone who's doing important work on behalf of the NFL, the founder of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, Chris Nowinski, former WWE wrestler former football player. He's going to join us next. Guys, we're just getting started here. Maggie and Perloff from Radio Row, Phoenix, Arizona. Come on back.
1: For the first time ever, stream the Super Bowl for free. Super Bowl 57 on Westwood One is Sunday, February 12th. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on Westwood One westwoodonesports.com, via Westwood One station streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your check engine life for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Maggie, it is heating up. At Radio Row, it's a mob scene everywhere. I
0: know. It's been crazy, but we're so lucky now to have one of our good friends of the show and someone who's been not just a friend but a great resource for us because he's talking about something that is incredibly important and something that Perloff and I don't have a lot of point of reference to, and that is our buddy Chris Nowinski, who's the founder of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, who joins us here now on Radio Row. Chris, thanks so much for doing this. Okay, so for people who are not familiar with your story and how you got involved here, tell us really quickly.
3: Sure. Uh, got hit in the head too much as a youngster. Played football at Harvard. Wrestled for WWE 20 years ago. Had a career-ending concussion. Got me very interested in how to get my headaches to go away. Realized that how we handled concussions 20 years ago was wrong. Also, there was this thing, CT, that we are starting to learn about. Wrote a book about it. Started the foundation. have been trying to change the world so that we can stop injuring athletes brains and try to figure out how to cure this disease that we're now finding in way too many former football players and other athletes.
0: I mean it's an incredible thing you're doing and I know sometimes you get pushback from a lot of places even the NFL times like that but you're finding some incredible things, including a new study that just came out.
3: Yeah, we updated our numbers at the Boston University CTE Center. We, uh, when we started this, you know, people, we were like 11 out of our first 12 NFL players we studied to have CT, and everyone's like, oh, that's an anomaly, it's just the worst 12. Now we have 376 NFL players who've died and we've studied their brains over the last 15 years. 345 or 92% of them have had this disease. Oh, As a reference point, we've all studied the brains of everyone who's died in the Framingham Heart study and only 1 out of 164 had it, you know, less than 1% and it was a college football player. So the question of does is is football causing this disease is is over, right? Everyone agrees football if you play football too long, you get hit in the head too many times, you can get this disease and um, and so we need we need to change and change faster or else it's going to keep happening.
1: But did that number 92% surprise you, Chris?
3: No. No. I mean, we really struggle to find healthy brains. And again, it's still, it's still a biased sample, so it's not that 92% of NFL players have this that are playing this right. weekend. But we now know that the minimum number that play it is definitely double digits, and I would say it's, it's unlikely to be less than half of them when we're actually able to diagnose this in living people. And that should concern everybody. So uh, we, we have a lot of work to do.
0: Absolutely. Well, Chris Nowinski is here with us. Okay, so the NFL just released some numbers recently, too. And I was kind of surprised because they don't generally get out in front of these kinds of things. They said that concussions were up 18 percent this year. They said the reason they know that is because the testing is better and more comprehensive. But, Chris, we talked to you during season as we're watching Tua Tungvaluwa stumble around the football field, and we were told after the game it was a back injury. So yeah. when the NFL comes out and says this, like, what's your reaction to it?
3: Well, it's a PR spin. So, ache yeah, mm-hmm. talking about concussion numbers distracts from CT. They never update you on CT numbers. And they're, and they're not the same thing. Concussions an acute injury, you will get better. Uh, CT is a generative brain disease. You will not, uh, but you can still get treatment for the symptoms. For anyone worried about out there, but with the up being up eighteen percent, yet all that all happened after Tua, right? And oh it was wow. because they started calling things that were obvious concussions concussions. I mean, the fact that Tua stumbled around, grabbed his head, all these things, and they and the, the Dolphins still deny it's a concussion. So they 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 weren't up eighteen percent. It was up nineteen percent because they still aren't yeah, counting right. that one from Tua. But it also shows that we have no idea how many concussions are actually happening because every one of these how players will tell you after their career that they are not reporting every time they have symptoms because if they did they could not continue their career. There has been studies that shown less shown fewer than 1 in 20 concussions are actually diagnosed at college in college football. Everyone's hiding them. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, we, we're supposed to feel good that we're managing concussions but it's not taking care of the long-term issue.
1: You know one that stood out to me is when Tom Brady's wife Giselle said that Tom had suffered a concussion every year. That, I think, opened a lot of eyes but it sort of went away. Tom never talked about it. That's the greatest player of all time. Yeah. No one's immune from this.
3: No, not at all. And I, I remember he had that concussion in the last drive of the Falcon Super Bowl game and still no one talks about it. Very, I know. But she's 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 admitted now he's admitted it and nobody cares. And it's 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 a shame. But, but the reason why we keep talking about with NFL players is because this really matters for kids. Football is a game built on the backs of, of more than a million, almost two million kids playing the game under the age of 18 so, these, so we can enjoy these 2,000 that are playing at the pro level. So if, if there's anything to be learned from this is that if you're going to choose to let your child play tackle football, make that decision uh, you know, very carefully. Make sure there's every possible protection you can put into place. But also there was a, a bill filed in the state of New York on yesterday that would ban tackle football before the age of 12 and I wholeheartedly endorse it there is no reason for a child to be getting hit in the head four or five hundred times a year before they're even old enough to go through puberty yet right. they're old not even old enough to go into a weight room because we're worried about their joint development but yet we're still banging them in the head as much as these NFL players you know the, the NFL Pro Bowl went flagged because NFL players will not get hit in the head unless you're paying them, right. you know, and, and it's not worth it. And so if, if NFL players don't want to play tackle football, th- rethink what kids will do it because you tell them to. But that doesn't mean that they understand the consequences.
0: Also, I mean, listen, you played football at a high level. You went to Harvard and played football. Every mom and dad out there would dream that their kid could go to Harvard and let alone to play football there. But you don't have to play and, and, and start, you know, if you start in high school you can still get good enough to get recruited by Harvard.
3: Right, and frankly, all of the older NFL players I know that are doing great, like I just spent time with Mike Haynes, the Hall of Famer yep. top 50, he didn't play until his sophomore year of high school. Oh, we, wow. we actually have on our website, if you go to stophittingkids.org, we, we started a campaign called Stop Hitting Kids in the Head because that's really how we need to talk about this. Yeah. But we have the all-time greatest team who never played before high school, and it includes the top five all-time. Walter Payton, Lawrence Taylor, Tom Brady, um, Jerry Rice, and I'm blanking on it. <laughs> oh, Jim Brown. Yeah. Wow. None of them played before high school. That's amazing. Yeah. And
1: by the way, I know. Academically, Chris went to a great college, but football-wise, it's not Dartmouth. Yeah, I (laughs) know. i have a pro off a
0: big... uh, Uh, Yeah,
3: we love that Buddy Teebens doesn't tackle in practice. We'll Uh, give you that. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Real quick question. I have two daughters. Uh, Are we just talking about football, or how much do you work on other sports? And what other sports are people not paying enough attention to?
3: Yeah, so with CTE, the vast majority, like 70% of the brains in the brain bank of our 1,300 are football. But, yes, it is in every other contact collision sport. We've seen it in ice hockey. We've seen it in soccer. We've seen it. In, it's in boxing, MMA, um, wrestling, but. The, with the women's side, we aren't seeing CT in female athletes yet, but there's a very obvious reason for that. A, they don't play football, and B, Title IX, there aren't 80-year-old former uh, you know, soccer players right. in our country walking around who played 20 years. So we are studying uh, members of the women's national team from the 90s. And I suspect, all right, I guarantee we'll find CT in female soccer players. It's just a matter of time. And I hope that gets people to realize that throwing a projectile at your child's head and asking them to head it back to you is a bad idea. Yeah. Like, at a, you know, if my kid, my kids will play soccer, but they may never head a ball because there is no upside to it.
0: Chris Nowinski is joining us. He's the founder of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. If you're a massive wrestling fan, you remember him as Chris Harvard, which was a fun time of your life until obviously it was very not a fun time in your life after you got a career ending concussion. You know, can we go back to Tua for a moment? Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of, you know, football fans are going to follow this quarterback carousel. All right, they're. A, Admitting to two concussions this year, obviously we saw three, you know. Do you think that he should be suiting up next season? Like, how would you handle that?
3: Well, you know, I, there are certain doctors I would trust to help him make that choice. Um, but I, I, he never recovered from that first one. It's very clear. So I, yeah. I don't think it's fair to label him as a concussion case. Give him six months off to let his brain recover. We, you know, thanks to our advocacy, there's no longer hitting in the off season. so his brain will have time to recover. And if he wants to go back... You know, it's risky, but, you know, hopefully he will, you know, it's his choice. And he's getting paid a lot of money to do it. It's a very different choice at his age versus somebody else.
0: Absolutely. But I'm
3: curious if the Dolphins will actually pay him his fifth year or not. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Wow.
0: You know, and and who they might bring in to back him up. And all of that is just one of the things that's very interesting and that we're keeping an eye on. Um, Okay. Last thing. There was like... um, the class action lawsuit did you see that yes I know, I know we have like a minute left the and, I just, and I just brought up lost. a really big topic but are, how much do you keep an eye on those lawsuits and how they kind of maybe oversect, uh, intersect with your world I'm
3: actually part of the new players advocacy, advocacy committee that was created by the courts to help uh, educate players to go back and get reevaluated because of the race norming yeah. and, and, and all the resources that are available to them so um, uh, check out the players advocacy committee for next NFL player because there are better resources for you but I think the disability new new lawsuit filing is an obvious show that the NFL is still trying to find ways not to pay for these guys. It's also winter. There's 10,000 claims They said in that article, like being an ex NFL player is not glorious. Like these guys are in pain. They're struggling. They have neurological damage. Um, and, and they, they have to reach out to us, the concussion legacy foundation a lot to get the help they need because they can't get it through the NFL resources. So I will say the last message, if you're an ex athlete out there and you're worried about CT, we talk about it, you know, the, the harsh realities of it. We're talking about protecting your kids, but also not everybody has these horrible experiences. And so if you are dealing with any symptoms you think could be related, do reach out to the CLF helpline, the clfhelpline.org, or Search Concussion Legacy Foundation Helpline. We will get you to doctors that can make you feel better and do better.
0: Chris, what you're doing is amazing. And honestly, I think it was your tweet after Tua stumbled off the field that made the NFL get at least more serious about their concussion protocols. You're doing incredible advocacy work, and the Concussion Legacy Foundation like, is helping people. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maggie. All right, we've got more coming up. Uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Broke my little Bills fan heart this season.
1: Poor Maggie. Yeah. um,
0: (laughs) We'll talk to him about that and what went wrong uh, with the Vikings against the New York Giants in the playoffs. We're going to do that all next. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We're on Radio Row, Phoenix Convention Center, and now joined by, well, someone who was one of my favorites, Perloff. He was one of my favorites. He's incredible to watch until he had the catch of the year over my Buffalo Bills. Justin Jefferson, the all-pro, the three-time Pro Bowler. I'm a diehard Bills fan. I grew up up there, and you had your signature moment, 4th and 18. Would you like to gloat about it, sir?
4: Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> but uh well first of all that was a, a crazy game to be in. Uh, I mean the atmosphere was crazy. Uh our Mafia was was going crazy into the building. Um uh, uh it being cold, it's snowing uh in between the in between the game. So uh that whole that whole atmosphere was was crazy for me. Uh and to to make one of the best catches to, to ever happen. Uh in that type of situation on fourth and eighteen. Uh it's it's unbelievable to think about. Uh, you know, God definitely was was with me during that play and um I mean throughout the whole season. Uh it, it's it's been amazing to to, you know, have the the plays that I've been making for for the team to give us that extra, you know, uh edge and momentum.
0: I'm so happy for you, Justin. I'm so yeah. happy Thank for you. You, but, you know I you. what I thought was interesting is I was reading an article, a profile of you in ESP in the magazine about how you and your brothers kind of sat down before the season saying like i need my odell catch i need my one-handed catch but you can't ever plan for that never right
4: never uh Uh, i mean it's definitely tough to 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 plan those type of catches uh and to even make those type of catches is is difficult to do uh but uh i never had a a one-handed catch in a a game yet uh and, and that was my first one that i ever had in a in a game so uh, it was—it's unbelievable to to say we was talking about that uh, in the beginning of the season, and it, uh, and it actually happened. And the crazy, even the crazier part is, uh, I was actually talking to Odell the week of <laughs> the game, uh, like literally like three days before the game, I was talking to him. Uh, and, he, you know, he was, we was talking about the game and, you know, it's it being a championship matchup and everything like that. So uh, it's crazy to talk to him and then, you know, go out there and make a catch like that.
0: Okay, enough about the catch. Yeah. I don't <laughs> talk about
1: By the way, so Odell, LSU, you are an amazing wide receiving duo with Jamar Chase and other receivers yeah. Yeah. Uh, at LSU. We had Garrett Wilson on the show yesterday <laughs> and he said Ohio State wide receivers are the best. Come and on. He, he didn't you know, believe he it, it himself. To, no.
4: He didn't believe it himself.
1: I don't know. He seemed pretty confident. You mean, Remember, Jameson Williams was there with him? I mean, so you're saying Alice is better?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Very. And then I saw DeAndre Hopkins, who said Clemson was a little better, too. <laughs> There's a lot of competitors. But <laughs> what's li- yeah. What's the real wide receiver you? What are you and Jamar Chase talk about? In the pro- I mean, it's crazy that you guys won a championship. On the and same the end of team. And then this. And. Did you have any idea that you're both going to take off in the NFL like this? Nah, you never could
4: really, you know, picture that or plan that. You know, I I didn't plan to to be uh have have the most yards for my my rookie year. You know, I didn't I didn't plan on that. I my 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 goal for the season was to get 800 yards. You know, that's that's a <laughs> good that's a good first year for a rookie receiver, yeah. like 800 yard uh year. You know, that's what I was planning for, or even a thousand yards. Know, to, to, you know, to overpass that and get 1,400 is something that, you know, you can't plan for or and you can, you know, vision. You know, it's just something that, you know, you just go out there and do. And, uh, I mean, I was just blessed to be, you know, picked to the Vikings, you know, being in that good situation with Kirk uh, and Adam and, you know, having KG on our side. So, uh, I mean, every, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And uh, me being picked to Minnesota and having the years that I've been having, having uh, you know, it's, it's all for a reason
0: okay you mentioned Kirk Cousins can you tell us the difference between catching a football from Kirk Cousins and catching a football from Joe Burrow
4: oh yeah Your teammate in college. yeah I can definitely tell you I uh, I mean they're honestly they're a little similar uh, they both have a, a a little touch on the ball you know it's not too hard you no know, it's not too soft uh, but <laughs> their, their accuracy is what you know separates them uh, Just putting the ball where you want it uh, I mean uh, the only difference is the the uh, the uh, culture difference You know uh, Joe is more of a, You know Our culture <laughs> You know Younger You know Of course And uh, you know Kirk is the more The, the dad And you know Has the family me. Right Kirk right. Cousins No <laughs> Get out of You're here you kidding me <laughs> yeah, the man who drives the van?
1: That
0: guy No <laughs> I mean, way you tried, you tried to make him cool though You guys gave him all the chains yeah, He's doing yeah. the You know yeah, dancing yeah, on fun? the plane How's he doing
1: fun. Is he getting cooler I mean he's trying
4: I think he is getting cooler man I think he's getting cooler <laughs> By the year uh, I it's mean, just that that experience alone, just putting <laughs> the chains on him and uh, having him, you know, dance to the music and everything. <laughs> that joke was funny. That was funny. Uh, I felt like that opened, opened him up a little bit more, you know, got him out of his comfort zone a little bit, uh, having the whole team, you know, cheering him on and, and, and you know, having a, a fun time, uh, of course, after winning the London game, yeah. uh, coming back from that trip. <laughs> so all of that was just a fun experience.
0: Well, you guys were like trendsetters because then other teams <laughs> yeah, started yeah. to do it. We were like, no, no, it's this not is the, the Vikings right. thing, like you started the gritty Not thing, the which same. obviously everyone has copied a hundred yeah. times, including my co-host, yeah. who keeps trying to perfect it. Like,
1: Wait, it's done, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we it's got over. it done last time. Yeah, though. we yeah. got done that. Yeah. No, great, great memory. We can Great memory. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, you did the hamstring pull and confused everybody. Yeah, I know. yeah. really thought you were yeah. hurt. Right? Yeah, now. that, <laughs> that was hurt. premeditated, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was premeditated. Uh, Brian O'Neill kind of messed it up a little bit by you know tugging me and pushing me. Kind of, he kind of messed it up. But you know, it's <laughs> Supposed to be the fake hamstring, and then I was going to do my little dance after. But uh, everybody was kind of like, oh, is he really hurt?
1: Because Brian kind of messed it up for me. Yeah, the
0: euphoria of the moment. What's the etiquette?
1: <laughs> I have actually wondered that. Uh, when a guy catches a touchdown... I see offensive linemen tackle him before he can do anything. <laughs> Did you guys talk about that or is it just so in the moment you're so excited?
4: Nah, the crazy part is uh I mean normally, you know, normally you do the touchdown dance before they even get there because right, right, they're, right. they're running down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. but uh For I mean when catches, yeah. yeah, when but when you know, we're in the red zone and they're um, kind of closer, uh you know, they just want to be in the mix. They want to be, you <laughs> know, the, the the center of attention uh but uh you know, after that moment um, I was like Brian, you owe me one. You know, we, you owe me a touchdown dance. So uh, that next, that next game, the Patriots game, when I scored the first time, I called everybody yeah. over there, the whole line, everybody, oh, nice. and we all did the gritty. So it was a, it was a fun experience.
0: Justin <laughs> Jefferson is our guest, of course, the all pro wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. He's joining us on behalf of Sleep Number. Okay, what happened against the Giants? Because you guys were definitely the better team on paper, and you had a home game. What yeah. happened? Have you unpacked this yet?
4: uh yeah kind of uh i mean i just didn't get it i didn't get enough sleep that night no way you're not gonna blame it on the sleep number there you go i would performed even better if i had better sleep
0: so (laughs) not because the giants were in your head Uh (laughs) but really do you want to like go back through it or you would turn the page guy and just like i'll burn that tape i don't want to see it I
4: mean, uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, I feel like, you know, every single game is going to be different. You know, uh, uh, some games I'm going to be great, fantastic, have 200 yards. And some games, you know, they're going to key on me. They're going to have a game plan against me. Uh, they're going to double me, triple me, you know, make sure that I'm out the game plan. Uh, and, and you know that's that's what people fail to realize you know this is the NFL you know we're, we're not just gonna just let somebody come into the building and he's gonna get a hundred yards every time you know it's a it's a tough lead to play in every single every single game especially uh, the amount of things that I've been doing uh, for my career uh, people are gonna key on you you yep. know yeah, you're gonna have a target on your back all the time everybody wants to say they lock Justin Jefferson down you know so uh, I'm always going to keep that uh, on my mind. Every single person that I'm going against, if it's Sauce Garner or if it's you know somebody that's you know lowly ranked, so uh, every every game I'm going to have that same mindset to kill whoever is in front of me.
0: Yeah. You know, I sorry, prior I was listening to an interview with Adam Thielen was doing with ESPN your teammate obviously and he thought that some of the incredible comeback wins that you guys had and you kind of pulled some wins out of thin air, he thought some of those might have been actually bad for the team because winning is like the best deodorant, yeah, right? Yeah. And sometimes when you lose, you have to look more at all right what did we do wrong here when you win it's like well i guess we're doing everything right right do you agree with them on that did that happen this season
4: a little bit just because we had so many close ones yeah right you know we're we was what uh 11 and one in close game wins uh including the playoffs so uh, it, it's definitely, you know, tough to have that many closed game wins. Uh, I mean, there was plenty of times where we were like, all right, this is the game we're going to blow somebody out. You know, this is the game we're going to win by 21 points and, you know, have a have an easy game where we don't have to, you know, come back in the, the last drive of the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's tough. You know, it's tough. It's definitely tough to to play in this league, Uh, to blow a a team out in the league. uh, It's definitely difficult, but, uh, you know, we definitely had to find a way uh, to, to, you know, beat somebody by more than, you know, (laughs) seven
1: points. (laughs) I'm sure your fans would
0: like that. (laughs) Uh, Justin Jefferson, on behalf of Sleep Number, we'll get to that in just one more second. The idea that Aaron Rodgers could possibly get traded out of the division, Mm. is that something that appeals to you? Ah uh, yeah. Uh,
4: that's something that's always going to be appealing to me. Uh I mean he he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, and I mean just watching him uh close up, uh, he's a crazy guy, man. He's he has a, a a crazy talent uh to to throw that rock. And uh I mean just his his um, his field management uh just just being able to, you know, call audibles and, and just just call plays and uh, be right there on the spot, just just throwing it. Uh, it it's it's crazy to see in person, um, you know. But I'm a I'm a fan of Aaron. I always was a fan of Aaron Rodgers, uh, and just to to watch him up close in person, uh, especially you know the in his late years of his career, sure. uh, it definitely was a, a joy to watch. Would but I'll be more happy without <laughs> without him on the Green Bay side. You realize he's going on a darkness <laughs> retreat.
0: A what? A darkness retreat.
4: I heard about that. Is Four that- days. I heard about it. You know, you're that. such a social guy
0: or you seem like a, such an outgoing social guy. That. Could you do that?
4: No. I mean, I, I went on uh I, I deactivated my, my social media. and you know, if that <laughs> if that counts as a darkness retreat, that or is the whatever. young
0: person's uh, <laughs> version <laughs> yeah, of a darkness yeah, retreat. Right. Oh, yeah.
4: then also, uh, I was for a week. Oh,
1: so that's a long week? yeah, for I, a whole week. Did you seven panic? days? How was it?
4: It was crazy. It was really you. You were really. You can really tell you're addicted to social media. Once oh, you deactivate it and you know not have it for a long period of time, then you, you catch yourself clicking on it. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Your I'm account just, yeah. deactivated. So. <laughs> I'm sweating
1: just hearing about this. Yeah. I, I think I'm addicted to social media. Yeah. This is uh, you might be. You know,
0: yeah. I bet you got more sleep though. Very. You're I, joining I, us. I, on turn, the- I turn
4: my t- I turn my phone off. You know. Uh. You know. 10. 11 o'clock. You know, close my eyes and it definitely was a difference. You know,
0: sleep number important. Eighty percent of active roster players in the NFL. I go to show you
4: something.
0: I mean, it obviously works. Yes, yeah, yeah. it
4: works a lot. I mean, just the uh, the quality that you're, you're getting, uh, the the settings that you can change. Uh, make your bed soft or hard. Uh, if you have a partner, you can make their soft or hard and make yours soft or hard and it can be different, you yep. know. But, uh, I mean, just the technology, the, the, um, the way you can really track the amount of sleep that you're getting throughout time. Uh, it's unbelievable, the, the amount of technology that, that they have in those type of beds. Uh, and of course, they have different type of versions for them, so uh, y'all definitely need, need to go get y'all a, a sleep
1: number bed, for Ooh, sure. I nice. would love that.
0: Uh, Perloff is secretly dying inside that you haven't <laughs> mentioned, his yeah, cool lightsaber gloves. He so wore those for A <laughs> couple reasons. Yeah.
1: I want you to know you're not the only baller up here. <laughs> and you know I could be your Adam Thielen, obviously. <laughs> I want you to feel comfortable up yeah. here. You could tell I got skills, right, Justin? I am yeah. built like a wide receiver.
4: I mean, the gloves are definitely sweet. I mean, the the the, the silver on them. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the I mean, orange insides. You've inside. only had one one-handed catch in your career. I mean, I think uh, I could do that. I with, think so with too. With the gloves. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. With, with me throwing the ball to you. Oh, like a, a trick play. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Philly, Philly. Have you ever done that? <laughs>
4: Thrown a pass? Yeah, I've thrown a pass. How'd it go? I never thrown a touchdown pass before though. But then you
1: need me out there. True. One
4: Gotta handed Coach, catch. Coach True.
0: O'Connell and say, hey, like we, we can just. I we got can a cannon over here. We can, got can a just lake. give you
4: nineteen. You can just get nineteen. <laughs> give, yeah, you yeah. and Adam can switch. Just and
0: sneak in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adam <laughs> could do a radio show. <laughs> yeah, I
1: have a new co-host. Like all of a sudden. It's Adam <laughs> doing hey, man. why is Adam running so <laughs> slow out there? He must be hurt. <laughs>
0: People have pulled both hamstrings. That's, That's funny. weird. That is, funny. Uh, <laughs> that is funny. Justin Jefferson is the All-Pro wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings and the personal uh, torturer yeah. of my Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot for that. No, wishing you a great off so and much. good luck Appreciate next it. season. Thank you. Okay, so Justin Jefferson joining us, and uh, hard not to get like uh, you know feel the. The positive vibes coming from him. But one thing that he said there that I did want to touch on for a moment was it was not a great playoff game for him against the New uh, New York Giants. They keyed in on him, had the game plan only for him, and he was held to under 50 yards receiving in that game. And it was surprising. And, you know, this is going to be his future – and no disrespect to Adam Thielen, who still is a good wide receiver, but Adam Thielen's like 33, 34 years old now. And I'm wondering, do the Vikings need to think about this offseason? Mm. they got a lot of things to address, but do they need to think about getting a little bit more of a a threat? Again, no disrespect to Adam Thielen. Yeah. Someone to take away some of the pressure on, on Jefferson because yeah. he's going to see double teams and triple teams from but here on out.
1: He, first of all, he was amazing last year. Why wouldn't he have seen – he's probably seen them, and he's beaten them – Steelers okay, KJ Osborne. My remember my accidental fantasy football pick, KJ Osborne. (laughs) Yeah, you were sweating
0: that out. I was in the
1: bathroom or something, and (laughs) Yahoo gave me KJ Osborne. That guy's really good too. Uh, I hate to say it, you're not gonna like this. There's a bit of a system going on in Minnesota where I think they can plug and play and keep on churning up yards. I don't know that they need to invest in a heavy number two.
0: Okay, but then when playoff time comes, yeah, that might be true. Okay, coming up next from Radio Row here in Phoenix Mike Golick is gonna join us the original the OG Golick will join us we'll break down the Super Bowl and so much more don't move more Maggie and Pearl off straight in.